Hi everyone, welcome to Pain and Power, an African American history podcast. I'm your host, Queen. Hey guys, today I want to talk about Zora Neale Hurston. Um, have you guys been keeping up with me and keeping up with the podcast? Y'all know I've been a day late and a dollar short. I've been tagged, y'all. And what's so funny about the story about me doing Zora is that her hometown is Florida. Her home state is Florida. And I was just in Florida. I feel like that's part of the reason why I've been so zooted and booted and behind the schedule. You know, my daughter's birthday was February 11th, Aquarius Gang. Shout out to her. And we went to Disney for her birthday. We was in Florida, Zora Neale Hurston Stomping Grounds. I didn't even know that. And what was so funny about that is that I met a lady on the plane and she's a therapist. And um, let me see. Because I wanted to shout her out real quick because it's so funny because on the plane before I even knew, well, I knew that I was going to do Zora Neale Hurston for my next episode for Pain and Power, but it was funny that because I didn't tell her about it or anything like that, but she was just like, yeah, and she was having a conversation with my son, actually, and she was just saying how Zora Neale Hurston, the main character in the book, and she was talking about the Appalachian Mountains and how it was kind of up further north of Florida and how the main character in the book, their eyes were watching God. She just wanted to visit that place so much because she got that from Zora Neale Hurston and she got that from the main character in the book. And oh my God, I cannot find that business card. I wanted to shout her out because we exchanged business cards and it was just a pleasant, a pleasant conversation to meet somebody. And she was saying how she became a therapist at the age. Well, she went back to school to become a therapist at the age of 40. And she was just finding herself. And I was telling her about my journey. And she was a Caucasian woman, you guys. And a lot of people, you know, it's a lot of racial injustice that goes on in this world. But it's a lot of people that is down for the cause. And everybody can relate and, you know, um, bond for different reasons and different you know, topics and different things that they believe. And I just wanted to put that out there. So Zora Neale Hurston, you guys, um, she was an American author, anthropologist, and filmmaker. Um, Zora was so important. She was so important to me to just being human, being spirited, and being misunderstood. So if you ever felt that way growing up throughout your life period, adulthood, felt that level of being misunderstood, you was in touch and what and tune and what it was like to be human and be a spirited individual, then Zora Neale Hurston, that was the spirit of Zora Neale Hurston, okay? Like I love the work she did as an anthropologist. Um she was a very deep individual. Like um anthropologists study the many different aspects of the human experience like behavior, biology, cultures, societies, and even language language, you know, both past and present. As a people today, we have to stop being so shallow, you guys. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Be colorblind 
don't be so shallow. And y'all can forget I just did that, you know, because I said I was going to stop all that singing a long time ago on my other podcast, Love or Obsession, True Crime. Um, But yeah, Zora published research on hoodoo. She was very intrigued by doing her visits and time spent in the Caribbean. Um, I thought that was really cool. She wrote four novels and most popular being Their Eyes Were Watching God. That was published in 1937. Um, She wrote more than 50 short stories, plays, essays. Zora Neale Hurston was born January 7th, 1891. She was Capricorn Shouty. And it was it's crazy because she passed away January 28th. And I said to myself, she was born a Capricorn, dad a Capricorn. So she was Capricorn all the way through. Um, she was born in Natasoga, Alabama. When she was three years old, the family moved to Edenville, Florida, where she just really was proud of her roots. And she, Florida is so homegrown to her. In 1894 is when they made that move. So that was like their town, like black people thrived in Edenville. Um, and black people basically governed the town. They settled there. Um, a whole African-American community. Zora's father who was a um, promiscuous pastor, served two terms as mayor in Edenville. When Zora was a child, her father didn't understand her personality. He wanted her to be more like her sister. Zora was the fifth of eight children. And when I meant that, like that's when I said she was spirited. So when she was young, like she was just so outgoing and her parents just didn't understand. Um, I called her father promiscuous because he, had, he was a ladies' man. He had a ladies' man reputation, something like that well, was rumored of Martin Luther King Jr., you know, them pastors and preachers and, like, stone-cold ladies' men's. Um, charge it to their head. Don't charge it to their heart if you ask me. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, a lot of people, next week we will be talking about Martin Luther King Jr. too on the podcast just as a little inscript for what we're talking about now, about being a promiscuous pastor. I felt like, you know, a lot of people hold them to those standards. And I feel like when you have a wife, you shouldn't cheat. Um, People do fall short of glory. But the whole pastoral thing with me is taking that oath. When you take an oath with something, it's just like you laying down your life for this thing. I'm taking an oath to honor and protect this. And so that's why I feel like they fall short as far as being that ladies' man with that. Even if your wife did understand, you know, that the flesh is weak, you know, you still had to be who you say you were, you know. So, okay, we're going to talk about that more next week, okay, you guys? So her father also worked as a sharecropper and a carpenter. Her mother was a school teacher, and all four of Zora's grandparents were slaves. They were enslaved. Um, Zora, she used Edenville as settings, and mostly all of her stories. It was a place where African Americans could live and thrive as they desired, um, independent of a white society. And that's that separation that Malcolm X wanted to talk about, but that they are more so of segregation. Um, well, keeping things separate, and that can be cool, but then when we come to common grounds, it can be uncomfortable. So that's why a lot of races and cultures be uncomfortable when they get around each other, when they live so secluded in their own little world. And that's why I say, like, isolation is good, but too much isolation is dangerous because it'll just have you, you know, crazy in your own mind for no reason, understand? Um, 
we live in a rainbow society, so we need to just get with the times, okay? Okay, so in 1901, Hurston received several books to broaden her horizon. Um, Edenville, Florida holds an annual Zora Festival in her honor. Zora's mother died in 1904, and that's when her whole utopia world changed for her. Everything that she knew, she didn't, uh, you know, of course they was black, and being black came with a struggle of its own, but they they lived well, they ate well, they dressed well, but all that changed when her mother passed away. Her father had quickly remarried that following year in 1905 to a younger woman that Zora just couldn't get along with. Um, and that woman encouraged Zora's father to ship Zora away. And Zora, you know, I, I don't think that was a hard decision decision for Zora's father, considering the fact that she did say, well, not her, but research say that, you know, their relationship was kind of strained because he just didn't understand her personality and wasn't willing to accept who she was as an individual. Okay, and that marriage was scandalous because rumors was going around that Zora's father was having an affair with this woman before the death of her mother. Hurston was sent away to boarding schools to a Baptist boarding school in Jacksonville, Florida. She was dismissed from the school because her parents stopped paying the tuition and her life from then on became living from family member to family member until she got out on her own. 1916, Zora worked as a maid to support herself. That following year, Zora went back to school. She attended Morgan College, the high school division of Morgan State University, a historically black college in Baltimore, Maryland. To qualify for a free high school education, the 26-year-old Zora changed her birth year to 1901, and she continued to go with that birth year moving forward, even though we knew she was 26 years old at the time. So 1918, Zora graduated. And when Zora began studying anthropology, one of her main goals was to prove similarity between ethnicities. Um, so Zora enrolled in Howard University, another historically black college, this one located in Washington, D.C. Zora Neale Hurston was a member of the Zeta Phi Beta sorority. She also co-founded the Hilltop, which was a student newspaper at Howard. Zora studied Spanish, Greek, English, and took a course in public speaking. And in 1920, she graduated with an associate's degree. And in 1921, Zora wrote a short story called John Redding goes to see. And that story qualified her to join Elaine's um, Locks Literary Club. And that was called The Stylist. That literary club was called The Stylist, ran by a woman named Elaine Locke. Okay, um, Zora left Howard and went to Columbia University at the age of 37. And it's so crazy. And that's what I was saying, like how nowadays how all these opportunities are presented for us, even though student loans in college can get you jammed up and have you paying for education that you primarily don't even take that information and use in a everyday working life. But our ancestors back then, they fully took advantage of the education that was, you know, available for them. And I just, I I really um, commend that and I respect that because 
I, as studious as I am, I am not classroom studious. I can't sit in a classroom. Like my focus is just not, it's like the focus today is not the focus of what it was back then. And I wish I had that back then focus. So um, the year was 1928 and Zora received her BA in anthropology, her bachelor's of art degree in anthropology. Um, Zora was a proud woman and was proud of where she came from. Hurston moved, um, she moved her next move um, during this time also, but it was like a next major thing in her life. She was like the queen of the Harlem Renaissance, you know. Um, she married in 1927 um, to a man named Herbert Sheen. He was a jazz musician. He formerly worked at Howard as a professor, and he later on went on to become a physician. They were married in 1927. The marriage ended in 1931. Zora's next love affair was around 1935, where she dated a graduate student of Columbia. So it seemed like she had a little boo at all her little schools, and she just decided to check back in on them. Or maybe they checked in on her. Because, you know, that chasing goes back and forth. Um, back then, women wasn't really chasing men, though. So maybe they checked in on her. Um, the character Tea Cake and her book, Their Eyes Were Watching God, were inspired by this man, um, the graduate student. Um, I guess that was the one that kind of captured her, her heart. Um, I don't know. Um, because her marriages after that, it didn't last. So in 1939, Zora married her second husband, Albert Price. That marriage ended after a few months, but the divorce didn't come until 1943, probably because Zora wanted to get married again that following year. After the divorce, Mary, Zora married for a third time. His name was James Howell Pitts. Like that second marriage, this third one didn't last long. It was less than a year to be exact. And Zora faced a lot of challenges in her personal relationships, but she never really wrote about them in her, you know, in her stories. Maybe in her, she had some private journals that had all the juice in it, but it never really hit the mainstream pages. Um, And I guess that's that. Capricorn and her being private into herself in that kind of way. Um, so being heavily involved in the Harlem Renaissance, Hurston lived closely and worked closely with Langston Hughes. Um, Zora Neale Hurston was a woman, a figure in a history, a figure in history who I say didn't get her flowers while she was alive. It's a shame you have to die to be legendary, you know. Their eyes were watching God didn't get his, even though it was a popular work then while she was alive, it didn't get his true respect until almost 40 years after his release. Now it's a study guide. It's taught in English classes across the U.S. and maybe, you know, internationally. I don't know. Um, racial issues are still big today. She was criticized for a lot of things about the grammar, um, about the way that she expressed herself a way about the way she was uh, unapologetic about a lot of things. Um, what's sad is that Zora Hurston was improvised. She may have been rich in spirit, but she was not financially stable. No children, um, but she, she didn't have any close family. She had no children. When her health started to decline, it seemed not to improve. Zora had a stroke, and then she passed away from hypertensive heart disease. I said a broken heart. Okay, on January 28, 1960 was the year she was aged 57. The welfare home she was staying in at the time of her death ordered all her writings to be burned. 
they were some haters. Um, a lot of that work was saved by a good friend of hers, a man named Patrick Duvall. The collection was given to the University of Florida Library. Um, and that's with Zora Neale Hurston, you guys. There's so much out there about her. I will link all the resources in the show notes. Um, you can even visit the Zora Neale Hurston website. Um, for pictures, you can check out the Instagram at Pain Power Podcast. Please send all messages and suggestions to Pain Power Podcast at gmail.com. It's Queen. I love you guys. Peace out.